second service that Sunday. And so we will meet in here at 10 o'clock. So please get the word out. June the 10th, we'll have one united service, and we're going to have a meal. The meal is being catered, and so you may have received a letter in the mail asking you to give us an invitation. Let us know how many people are coming. It's, it's free. It's no cost to you. Uh, the men of the well are going to prepare all the food. But we need to know how many are coming. So if you would, if you get that letter, uh, please turn that in. Let the church office know just so we can have a head count on that Sunday. Uh, thank you all already for what you're doing. Um, the picture out front, Mark Condra announced about it. Many of you have been signing on it. And uh, beautiful picture of the steeple and the cross and everything that Eric, Eric Wright actually took that picture. And so I'm grateful and thankful. Um, yesterday I met... Your new pastor, again, Sam Hayes, he and I have talked back and forth. But he came. I had invited he and his wife, Tammy, to come to our house. The children had not seen the house. Tammy had not either. And so they came down from way up above Florence yesterday, and uh, we took them out to eat. We had already picked out a place we are going to eat, and they said, take us somewhere that's not a chain. So uh, I said, we've already got a spot picked out. So we took them out to eat at Little Bridge Marina. Uh, the local Joe's food at Little Bridge Marina and all of that. And so they got to see the Coosa River. And then when I brought them back to the church and uh, they checked everything out. But anyway, Sam and Tammy and their children are, the oldest one is at Birmingham Southern. Her name is Emily Kate. Then Allison will be a senior. And I thought Michael is actually going in 11th grade. So they're going to have an 11th grader and a 12th grader, Gadsden High School Titan. And then one at Birmingham Southern. The whole family is gifted musically. Sam can play the guitar and sing, and their son, and you can ask Benny McNair all the details, because their son Michael has perfect pitch. I don't really know what that means, but Benny does, and it's very rare, but he has perfect pitch. You, you can make a humming sound, or he can hear the air conditioning running outside, and he can tell you what pitch that it's running at. He has perfect pitch. But anyway, pray for Sam and Tammy and Emily Kate and Michael and Allison be lifting them up and they loved uh, Little Bridge Marina by the way so I'm not advertising for the Enzers but anyway it was, it was good food so uh, please take time to look at all the other announcements and everything that we have going on and uh, will you join with me now and let's pray together Almighty God we love you and we thank you God uh, we as Americans know what this weekend and what tomorrow represents and so uh, we want to pause and just say thank you, God, for our family members that perhaps we've lost at war as we remember them, all the flags that are all around Gadsden, up and down 4th Street as I come into church, I see them. We know what they mean. God, we thank you for our military. We ask you to bless our military wherever they're at around the world. And now they, they're home with you, many of them are. So we celebrate and thank you, God, for their lives as we remember them. God, I ask you to touch this service. Every Sabbath is a memorial. It is a remembrance of who you are. And so I ask you to close us in right now and remind us that you are the King of kings and that you are the Lord of lords and that every knee will bow and confess that you are Lord. Every nation will come before you and know that you are Christ the King. Come, Holy Spirit, come and touch our hearts.
thank you, Benny, and thank you to these who shared. As you know, each of these that brought a flag forward either had a loved one that was in the military or is currently serving as we represented the Army and the Marines, the Navy, uh, Coast Guard, and then the Air Force. And I might add, Susan Copeland, you win the Best Dress Award, so uh, we, you look awesome. Now the choir are shared together in our call to worship America the Beautiful.
men. Please remain standing and you'll find the Apostles' Creed there in the bulletin. We will share together in the affirmation of faith, saying now, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. be seated as you are seated join with me as we pray together as we prepare our hearts tithing and giving let's pray almighty God we love you we love you and we need you God we need your grace we need your love we need your forgiveness we need your strength and God we also you know that there are material things that we need and you you talk much in the Bible about finances and but you want all of our life including our wallet and our pocketbook to be under your lordship so god we thank you that you've included that we can release our faith and trust in you and let go of that which you've given to us and so we do that right now we worship you through giving I ask you to bless the gift and bless the giver of that gift in jesus name amen if our ushers will come forward
may be seated. As we prepare our hearts to pray together, I do want us to be praying for Sam and Tammy and their family and transitions and moves and so forth, and we covet your prayers as well. Our family does. I don't know if y'all noticed, we've got just about every family member of ours on the prayer list. I, I left Dad off. He really ought to be on there too. So uh, our daughter Audra had a thyroid removed this week and had some complications and ended up having to stay two nights in the hospital. But her little boy, Faber, 15 months old, he was happy when Mama came home, so he's good. Dad did have a cancer removed. They ended up having to cut a whole bunch out, lots of stitches. This was last week's actually, had infections, everything, but... The bush hogging got done this week. I said, Daddy, let me what? Oh, I get it. I can hurt in the house or I can hurt on the bush hog. So Mama argued with him. I said, just let him, let him go. Every bit of the bush hogging got done. He had to do it in stages. He'd go lay down and then crawl back out there on it. But I said, Mama, if he goes to heaven straight from a bush hog, hallelujah. I mean, <laughs> ain't nothing we can do about it. So anyway, please notice all those. Ted Jones is doing better. He's still scheduled to have surgery on June the 4th. That'll be at the Mayo Clinic. So continue to remember him. Jeff Poland is getting out of the hospital right now as we speak. He's been in there for several days. That's our head trustee, Jeff and Kathea, but he's doing better. Very bad urinary tract infection. So uh, dangerous, bad, high, high fever. So remember him. We did have an incident with our son Dave this morning. If you hear it on the scanners, I want to thank Horton Ben, uh, Fire Department, for coming and helping us. He had uh, gotten in the floor and uh, was pretty despondent. And anyway, we, me and Lana got him up, but we could not get him up. So I want to thank the men, Horton Ben, Fire Department, for coming and helping us get him up. But uh, anyway, just keep praying for him. But if you hear, heard it on the scanners, that was us. So uh, anyway, we'll take up an offering later for the volunteer Fire Department at Horton Ben. So. I want to share this with you too. Uh, Kathy Ferguson lost her son Ben, 38 years old, and that's Catherine Barnes' brother. Uh, don't know yet right now. They're making decisions about a memorial service, maybe a week or so as they get through the trauma of it. But please remember Kathy Ferguson and, and Catherine Barnes. They lost a brother and a son Ben. So we want to remember them this morning. Also, I got word that Jane Hughes' mom was taken to Gadsden Regional Medical Center. Some of you know that's Sue Roberts' sister, so that's the connection. And so she's over at Gadsden Regional Medical Center with her mom, so we want to remember that. If you got somebody we need to pray for, just lift your hand up. I know many of us do. We've all got folk, and God knows all those hands. Let's pray together. God, we love you this morning. Praise you. Thank you, God, that we can bring those people that we're thinking about right now before you. It may be a loved one. It may be a co-worker. Maybe somebody we go to school with. We've got a lot of college students that are back. And maybe they got some students that they're praying for. I thank you, God, for prayer. I, just, I thank you that we can have conversation with you. Grace can flow and love can flow. Conversation can flow. Thank you, God, for prayer and the power of it, how it connects us with you but connects us with one another. And so in the name of Jesus, the name that we've been given the privilege and the authority to pray in, we just speak wholeness and grace and love over all whom we're thinking about. Especially our hearts heavy for Kathy this morning, Ferguson, and for Catherine and the loss of, of Ben. Uh, God, many here in this sanctuary have had tragic loss, and uh, they know the pain of it, the numbness. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask for your grace. Would you help them through this grief? 
and you'd be with them in a powerful way right now in this moment. Thank you, God, for those that uh, we're praying for that need to be healed. We continue to pray for healing, God. Um, we still believe. I confess to you, sometimes I, I don't always understand, but I believe. And so, God, I thank you for the power of faith and for help us just continue to walk in faith. For we are children of faith. All the way back to Abraham we go. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to do that until we go home with you. So, God, I ask you to strengthen our faith in this day. Let your word, let the music sung, the hymns sang together, the powerful organ and the music just stir our hearts and stir our faith. Thank you, God, for this day. And I do thank you, God, for this weekend and what it represents as we do remember our military men. And thank you, God, for those who were willing to give their lives and those who still are. We ask you to bless them wherever they're at around the world. Now, God, continue to close us in in this sanctuary and remind us that your presence is with us. And now, church family, join with me as Jesus taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
lavalier number one right there. There it is. Now, see, we just created a memory. We had all that planned. And I'm going to talk about memories this morning. And I'm going to create another memory. The title of the sermon is Memorial Stones out of the book of Joshua, which I'm going to read in just a moment. Thus, I have this stone. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to toss this down to Sarah. Sarah Margaret, you going to catch it? Look at Julian. He's like, yeah, chunk it. Go for it. Would y'all, you want to get, now it's heavy. You think you can handle it? I don't think so. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But if I did, you would remember it after you got out of the ER. And all of y'all would remember. Remember that time Brother Harvey threw that rock? We're going to read in a moment out of Joshua about a stones that they carried out of the Jordan River. Simply for a memory. To create a memory before God. So I want to talk about that. All of us create memories in our lives. You have certain things that you created memories. Even children do it at early age. It may be a stuffed animal. But that, that stuffed animal brings about comfort. And so a lot of times memories can bring us comfort. Sometimes they can bring horror and discomfort. But even in those sometimes, God's grace flows through those memories that we have. This is Memorial Day weekend. Um, I took the time this week to look at the videos. I went back to President Obama maybe in 2014 or 15 and, and watched the ceremony. And then I watched last year from President Trump and just watched the ceremony. I've never been to Arlington Cemetery. And, you know, they do the wreath. They do the wreath where they put it on the unknown soldier and they enact all that. And they play taps. As I watched those on YouTube video when they started playing taps, I mean, the hair stood up on my arms. You know, it just, it just brings back memories. We have stones, memory stones here in front of the memorials that we have down here in front of the hospital Riverview and then up at Makalula Falls some of you've seen those memorials some of you've been to the Vietnam Memorial made out of stone I've seen it on TV but I've never been there but this is Memorial Day weekend when you drive up 4th Avenue uh, Bob Sisson our church was instrumental in others in getting those flags and you see those and you remember and some of them have the names on there I know out in Glencoe and it brings back memories before we lead into Joshua, I'm just going to share several personal memories. I've got some stuff up here, object lessons that are memories to me that are not going to mean anything to you, but you've got simple things like that are profound memories to you. And uh, first one I'm just going to have to describe, I was going to bring a 410 shotgun into the service, but in light of all the uncertainty, we got, I, just, I, I decided not to do that. Doesn't mean anything to you. It's a 410 shotgun. It's probably 60, 70 years old. It's not real old in terms of guns being valuable in that sense. Um, but it's unique. In fact, if you're a gun enthusiast, it is a bolt action. It's kind of cool. I take it squirrel hunting sometimes. And it's got a clip in the bottom of it. So if you know about 410 shells, usually you don't have a clip in a shotgun. So anyway, it's kind of cool. You pull it back to a bolt, it ejects it and puts it up and put it in there. But what's really neat about it is what's on the end of the shoulder butt that goes up when you, somebody has carved initials in the end of it. Now, my Aunt Jane, my mom's younger sister, she's sitting right over here, my cousin Gina, they'll know the initials. Y'all don't shout it out real loud. The gun is at mom's and dad's house, and, uh, but at the end of it, the initials A, D, P are carved into the end of it. That stands for Adolphus Dahlgren Powell. That's why they called him A.D. That's my granddaddy Powell. That's his gun. And so 
I will always associate that with him. I will never get rid of that gun or mama won't. I mean, you know, it belonged to him. There are things that you have that belong to people that you're going to keep and you're going to retain. But whenever I look at it, I remember my granddaddy. Uh, here's another memorial, two or three. These are two that I have in my office. Y'all know that I've shared this picture with you before, but I look at it every day that I go into the office. In fact, this coming June, June the 26th, 1988, 30 years ago, was when I answered the call to preach. This picture hung in the den of our home in Southside back in, in the mid-80s. And I would get up in the middle of the night many times, and it's just a picture of Jesus holding the lamb. You've seen it. It's not that significant. It's weather-worn, but it's mine. And I, many a night, would stand in front of this, and God is calling me to preach. And I would think about in John 20 and 21 when, when Jesus said to Simon Peter, Do you love me? You know I love you. You feed my sheep. So there were many a nights I would stand in front of this begging God, Please call somebody else besides me. But I would hear him say, Harvey, do you love me? Yes, God, you know I love you. But I don't know if I can do this. Feed my sheep. That's in my office. I see it every day. It is a memorial to me. Then my mother, she did a counter cross stitch. And of course, she hasn't been able. She did a lot of very impressive counter cross stitch. You can't see it that far back. But it is of that picture. It's Jesus holding the lamb. The reason it's special to me is my mother did it. And she's got her tremors now. She hadn't been able to do it in years. And so... That just makes it that much more special. Now, it's not worth a whole lot. Now, you could offer me $1,000, and I wouldn't take it. Now, for $10,000, you might could have it, but no. But it's in my office, too. Reminds me of my mama. You've got stuff you've kept that reminds you of your family. And y'all know, not too long ago, I shared this with y'all. And from every church I've pastored, I've got memorials. I have cards and different things that... Every church has given me. I've got a file full of stuff that I keep. This one, y'all know the kids here at church gave me this. You know, Denise Floyd, one of those four-year-olds that just do this so perfect. She had it all lined out perfect. But I love it. It's so messed up. I love it. I will keep this the rest of my life. To you, it doesn't mean anything. But I will always remember these kids and their beautiful signatures on the inside. It will go in my memory bank where I keep memories. Here's another one. This is a dirty hat. In fact, it's got sweat on the inside. That's me. Uh, probably worth 10 bucks, maybe. It says, live outside. means nothing to you, but about 12, 13 years ago when our son Dave was broken in his life and uh, we didn't know if we'd even see him, it was around Christmas time and we weren't expecting to receive anything from him and his brokenness and everything that was going on in his life. But he gave me this. Doesn't mean anything to you. But it does to me. I will keep it for the rest of my life. I have a place I had it hanging. And I'll keep it. You've got things like that too that touch your memories. And you will always keep them. Now this one I'm going to try to keep. This happened this week actually. This is a congratulations. This is awards day at Atala Elementary School. This week. We went to Atala Elementary School. They had two different, they had kindergarten through third grade, then they had fourth through fifth grade. They always choose a fifth grader to share the devotion and to do the prayer for those two serve, or those two awards days 
And they chose a little girl by the name of Madeline Gracie Beck. There's her name. You've got places you keep stuff like this, whether it's in your photo album or your Bible or somewhere, so I will always keep this. Not that important to you, but and I've got a video of her standing up. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Boy, she did it good. We practiced for days. Her and her daddy practiced. She nailed it. She did good, and she prayed for all the student body. You've got memorials like that that you keep. Let's see. I think I covered all of them. You get the point because I want you to think about the memorials in your lives. But what I really want you to think about is your godly memorials. Those things in your life that make you remember who God is. That's what Joshua did here. So I'm going to read to you from Joshua, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 7. Then I'm going to skip down to verses 19 through 24. You can read the whole chapter. I'm leaving a portion out, but I'm going to explain to you what that portion is in just a moment. So Joshua 4, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from, from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, that is, from the Jordan, out of the midst of the Jordan River, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Joshua called 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, Mama, Daddy, and Daddy, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. In my mind, I always picture them being much bigger stones than this. I can lift this one up. And by the way, this stone came off from my dad. And I've kept it in my office. I've used it before. I can easily put that on my shoulder. So I'm thinking the stones were much bigger. Even in my mind when I've read it, I've wondered if they didn't take some kind of harness or maybe take some logs and, and build something they could hoist up and they put them on their shoulders and got huge big boulders. I just want them to be bigger than that. But nonetheless get a visual we see these stones and they carried them out but God said specifically that these shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever the verses I'm not reading Joshua after they took the rocks out Joshua had the men also to pile rocks in the riverbed where the ark of the covenant was which represented the presence of God so somewhere in the Jordan River there's a big pile of rocks underneath and we know the parting of the Red Sea we know that story but this is a story where the Jordan River parted. Oh, the Ark of the Covenant, and they're standing there in the middle of the riverbed. And God said, I want all this to be this way because I want you to remember that I'm God Almighty. The rest of the story goes in verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. 
And he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? You shall let your children know Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. The Hebrew word for memorial, and I don't know if I don't know Hebrew, but this is pretty close, uh, hazakara. They usually use a guttural sound when you speak Hebrew, hazakara, memorial. It is a sacrificial term describing the act which brings the offerer into remembrance before God, or it can, which brings God in honorable remembrance with the offerer. So God uses it both ways, and it's used that way in the Bible. The verb is sakar. That verb means to, to, to pierce, to penetrate, uh, or to prick your memory. That's what that word means in Hebrew. And so it is a remembrance in the verb, impressing on the memory, to keep in mind, to remember to offer a memorial sacrifice, Isaiah 66, 3. The noun, Zakur, means memorials of his holy name. There's a record of their account, offerings of memorial brunt. This is Numbers 5, Exodus 17. You may have heard of the book of remembrance in Malachi 3:16, And then we know we have the book of chronicles. All those chronicles are just memories. In fact, this is a lot of memories in here. Hazakar, they, they impress on our memory and on our thoughts and on our minds. Two of the most paramount feast days, memory days, memorial days, one of them we still celebrate today. The first one for the Jewish people was the Passover. Moses said on the Nisan, the month Nisan of the 15th, you're going to have a feast because I want you to remember that the, the, the lamb where the blood was applied on the doorpost, the death angel passed over, the Passover lamb. And so they continued that meal year after year after year, and the family members talked about it. What does it mean, Daddy? What does it mean, Granddaddy? It means that when we applied the blood of the lamb on our doorpost, we were saved. The night before Jesus then instituted what we know as the Lord's Supper was the night of the Passover. But then Jesus held up a cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Every time you drink, drink this blood, and we say it in the liturgy, it's in the scriptures. Do this in, so you know, you remember. So every time you take communion, we'll take communion next Sunday. You'll be reminded the Savior had to die for you blood had to be applied without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins and so we do that we celebrate that it's a memorial feast we remember what God did for us by sending us his son so we institute that God did God established just for our memory sort of be there fixed the fourth commandment of the ten commandments the first four have our, to do with our relationship with God there shall be no other gods before me the last six have to do with our relationship with other people. You remember what the fourth one is? The fourth one says, remember, 
the Sabbath and keep it holy. Why would God do that? He wanted the people to remember him. So parents and grandparents, when you live out remembering faithfully the Sabbath, you leave a memorial to the next generation. My mom and daddy, my grandparents, they, they do power, my granny. They went to church out at Red Hill Methodist Church. They left a memorial for me that they honored God and they'd show up every Sunday in the house of God. They left a memorial for me. Your family's done the same thing. It matters what memorials we set up in our lives. As I begin to close, I want to ask you a question. I asked it earlier, but do you have memorials in your life that remind you of God? I'll share one quick story. When I was 11, 12, I got saved when I was 11, but I read my Bible. I grew a lot, 12, 13, 14, and there was a place up behind Mama's and Daddy's house, a lot of land that they have. It's been clear cut now, but it was a place I found that there was a huge pile of rocks. It was kind of cool the way the setting was because it was hardwoods and huge pine trees at that time before they've cut it all out, but um, I discovered that huge pile of rocks. I thought God put them there for me because I would go there and just have God moments. Well, all the way up to my teenage years, I would go to that spot. It was kind of an opening. The sunlight would come in, and there were ferns everywhere. It was kind of cool. I learned later that that pile of rocks is a surveying pile for people who own land. That was a major surveying mark. So underneath is a huge rod up underneath there. But for me, it became a memorial place that I went, and I walked in faith with God and learned a lot about God. But I had that place. Do you have memorials in your life that remind you? God. In this story of Joshua, I want to share with you and leave this with you. There's three strong points that I think come from Joshua 4. You may come up with a lot of others that memorials do for you. But here's out of Joshua 4, three strong points. Number one, it reminded God's people of his guiding presence. I think it's important for us to have memorials in our life, those places, those things that just simply remind us that God's with me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I, I, if you've got memories, if you want to create some, I pray that they'll help remind you of the presence of God, just like the Ark of the Covenant. Put those stones down in that river bed. Let the children see those. It guides us into the presence of God. The second strong point I think that Joshua gives to us, it reminds us of God's mighty all else fails he still is God for with God nothing shall be impossible so I think memorials godly memorials remind us of the presence of God they remind us that God is awesome he's all powerful the third thing is this they should remind us to fear the Lord our God forever when we use the word fear fears, that allness, that respect, that honor. That's why when we say, let us pray together, I don't even have to ask you, you automatically, you lower your head. Why do you do that? Honor, awe, respect. So have memorials in your life. They'll remind you of the presence of God. They'll remind you of the power of God. They'll also remind you to fear the Lord your God forever. Do you have memorials in your life that remind you of God?
Heavenly Father, we praise you today and thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God. I thank you for the memorials that are in my life. Some have gone and come, but some have been consistent. And, Lord, I know that there are many here. They may have places they go, or it may be a song that is a memorial. It could be so many different things, but they remind us of you. Thank you, God, for this Memorial Day weekend. I ask you to bless those who've lost loved ones. Keep them safe and strong, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do our ending just a little bit differently as we do on Memorial Day weekend. We are going to sing the closing hymn. You'll notice there in your bulletin. It is hymn number 580, Lead On, O King Eternal. We will stand together and sing, Lead On, O King Eternal. Remain standing after that, and then we'll join in the benediction with Benny, and we'll all sing together the national anthem. But right now, hymn number 580, Lead On, O King Eternal. Before we sing the national anthem, I do remain standing, and that will be our final benediction. I do want to say thank you to Russ Waits. If you do not know, today is his last Sunday. He has taken another assignment in Jacksonville uh, at another church, United Methodist Church there in Jacksonville. He didn't want a big hoopla, so that's all I'm going to say. I love you, Russ, and uh, we thank you for your 15 years of service here. Would you please give him a hand? Now remain standing. Thank you, Benny. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hear at the twilight's last light. 
amen. God bless you.